ACDC. <laughs> that's definitely my favorite. Black, back to black. <laughs> back in black. Black and black. Ooh, it's like, I like how um, the percussion elements seem very specific. They don't just sound like drums. I know. Her voice recorded cool too, that reverb. Cool, like yeah. that reverb. It's dark. Yeah. Bells. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, sometimes we put on, we listen to music on this podcast that like sound like songs and some sound like productions. Yeah. And this one's got more of a production thing. It almost feels like I'm watching a movie. Right, right. So I don't even know what yeah, that is. Yeah, I like that. I think it's Choir. Just, yeah. yeah. Or maybe just her. Yeah. That's cool. This song's cool because it just sounds like those old soul records, but a little dirtier. Yeah. That guitar is sick. Yeah, yeah. It's also fun to, to make this like, ooh, tremolo guitar. Like way panned away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of that one film composer for the Fellini films is it Enrico McConey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. The tremolo guitar just means that now. I love like, how like you expected something big to happen. Yeah, yeah. But it just went right back down. I know. She's she's a really interesting uh, performer. She was. I, I have a lot of thoughts. Mostly positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that the, the song's not like super dynamic. No. Like the drum, especially the drums. Yeah. Da dun. Boom. Ba boom. Yeah, here we go. A little more there pickup. Are strings. Nice. Yeah, did you know that there are ways to increase the dynamics of the track without 808? Strings. <laughs> This reminds me of that Chinatown soundtrack. Yeah, it does kind I wonder of, yeah. what this, what we would call this type of like music film noir. Yeah. Noir. Yeah. yeah. Noir. noir. <laughs> Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast where we talk about songs we like. Sometimes one of us doesn't like them. <laughs> we re- I like this one. I think you like this one yeah, too. Yeah, 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 we, this is a Luke request. I picked this one yeah, yeah, nice, years nice, ago. Nice. That's how long. I know. <laughs> we researched what the songs mean, how they're recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today we're talking about Back to Black by Amy Winehouse, not Back in Black. But No Angus on this one. I fucking wish that they would cover the, each other's songs. I feel yeah. like she would do a sick version. Dude. Yeah, and that's her, a great and idea. ACDC would do a very confident version of anything. Def- yeah, it, it, would, it would definitely be confident. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Back to Black was released on April 30th, 2007, and peaked at number eight on the charts to near universal critical acclaim and eventual platinum status. Right. It was written by Amy Winehouse and Mark Ronson and produced by Ronson mm-hmm. of Uptown Funk fame. For the <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you didn't know, <laughs> if you didn't know about you didn't my, know. you didn't know about. I'm sure you. I'm sure it's like that's probably his most famous production now, right? Probably now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but this yeah. was almost like his like mainstream 
breakthrough. Yeah. That and his yeah, yeah, sister, yeah. I think, is a DJ who was like dating Lindsay Lohan for a minute. Sad. Maybe. Yeah, back when she was on top. Mean Girls. God, weren't those days so weird? Like the <laughs> so, Lindsay Lohan era. I thought it was fun. Paris, yeah, Paris Hilton was releasing music. Yeah, 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 yeah. People really wanted Arrested Development to come back. The, I know. The show. Right. And then it did and it wasn't great. Um, the song was recorded at three studios. Cool. Chung King Studios. Ooh, classic. You know about that place? Chung King, New York City. Yeah, yeah. And Daptone Studios, also New York. Also New York, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also a classic studio. Chung King is classic. Like, well, like when, when you say classic New York studio, what do you think? Like height of the recording. Yeah. Like big studios, big budget, you know? The reason why I know about Chung King is because when I first wanted to get into recording, this is how weird the world is, yeah. dude. <laughs> this, is how, this is why it's weird. Like my dad managed a grocery store. And one of his you scan girls, you know, like we scan your own groceries. Yeah. Um, I'm at the conversation. He's like, "Oh, my son." Da, 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 da. She's like, "Oh, my someone I went to high school with produces records, and it happened to be a guy in New York City. Got to meet, got to hang out, gave me tons of great advice, and he came up at Chung King. Oh, nice. And that's how I knew about Chung King. Dude, look at you always like um, pulling on the threads. I know. Like I, you're I, tracking down leads out here when you're a kid. I, I, when I was a kid, I was tracking leads. No wonder down. you're successful. I had all. That's what it I, takes. I was always reaching out. I was Ugh. the I was the guy that looked up who did the records and then went to go and try yeah, to find yeah. them. Yeah, I used to, I used to do a lot more of that. It feels harder to do in your 30s. Because <laughs> you're reaching out and it's just like some teenager who's like, I'm just on fucking TikTok, dude. Like, I, just hit me up there. I'm like, I don't have one. Um, it was also recorded in Metropolis Studios in London. Oh, God, another like amazing studio. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> like, you talk about three yeah. like incredible studios. There's a three right there. You well, know? I think Amy Winehouse had um, kind of like a, a she, she is a really interesting musician because it's somebody who was really good and had was work, worked with really good people and they had a really strong vision for what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. but they all, and they were like uncompromising with that vision, but they also had like the backing of like real companies. And like, yes. this happens every now and then. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a, a new version of this. Of like where there's like belief in the art, but yeah. there needs to be money behind yeah, it. Yeah, but it actually works out. I would say that new Silk Sonic stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's That's not, a great example. Yeah, because they're not really compromising their shit. No. But it's getting pushed. And it's, it's got big money behind it. Yeah, exactly. And it's doing good. It happens every now and then. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice when people win. Yeah. Uh, Back to Black was inspired by Winehouse's relationship with Blake Fielder Civil who had just left her for an ex-girlfriend. Hmm. Um, Winehouse apparently went back to black, which is a reference to... I don't know. It, it, don't, please don't tell me ACDC. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> to, to heroin. Oh, okay, black, okay. Black okay. tar heroin. Oh, Jesus, really? <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah, some people some people are troubled out there. I mean, with, I remember me and Tata, we watched the Amy Winehouse documentary, and it yeah. was terrifyingly sad. Yeah, I remember seeing it a lot in like People magazines at this Kroger by uh, where I went to university. Mm-hmm. So it was like the, the, the thing where she like went from like somebody on the rise right. to somebody who's having some issues to somebody who's going to die. Black you know, tar heroin. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, does it actually look like black tar? I don't know. I don't I've, know. <laughs> I've never seen it because, you know, I've got family members listening. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Maybe on the Patreon, I'll tell you. Patreon. We're on Patreon. I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> what black tar heroin looks like. Um, elite tier. Elite tier. Elite tier. Um, <laughs> according to Winehouse, quote, back to black is when you finish a relationship and you go back to what's comfortable for you. So Oof. for her, it was kind of... Uh, it was an extreme. It's pretty extreme. I but I think that is something we can all relate to. 
Yeah. Um, I remember for a while, like whenever I would break up with a girl, I would watch the Rob Schneider movie, The Animal. Oh my so God, that was my, my black jar heroin. Yeah, that's classic. <laughs> I used to really look forward to it too, because it's like a funny movie and I'd be like, I'm free from dating. And then like two weeks later, I'd be like, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's, isn't that weird? Like when I haven't gone through that many breakups, but for like one day or two days, you're like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then day three or four, you're just yeah. like a wreck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know? you just got to stay busy I know. To, to avoid things like dwelling on exes and heroin. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you need to maintain a very serious music listening schedule. Right, exactly. Uh, this was actually the first song that Winehouse wrote with Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson was like her producer and mm-hmm. like main collaborator, basically yep. like all her big records uh, he, he did. And he went on to do a lot of cool st- shit. I think he worked with Sharon Jones. Mm-hmm. And the Dap Kings, as well as obviously Bruno Mars, yeah. on like was like maybe one of the most popular songs. Like so popular, I think it'll be. It, there's a chance it might get played at like a kid who's born today's wedding Easily. in twenty something years or whatever. Yeah, that song is going to be around forever. Yeah, and it's cool. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah it'd be fun to do cool on the podcast. Yeah. Um, according to Ronson, quote: "I'll never forget the first day I met Amy because it changed everything for me. It was New York." March 2006, in the studio I used to have on Mercer Street. She told me she presumed I was some old guy with a beard, like Rick Rubin. <laughs> this continues. I just thought, let's just talk about music, see what she likes. She said she liked to go out to bars and clubs and play snooker with her boyfriend and listen to the Shangri-Las. Such a hipster move, right? Yeah. I'm cutting in. I'm cutting in. Like, for, if for I quotes. just heard that, I can like, picture the girl in my yeah, head. Yeah. I can picture it, right? I know, but see, this is why, like, and I, I will implore the listeners of the podcast to just get really good at music because you can be, like, annoying as shit. And if you have, like, this voice, then you're special. Right. Because <laughs> I don't think I want to hang out with that, that I description. Know. Um, but I do want to hang out with Amy Winehouse. Right. Like, if you can sing, I'm like, oh, maybe I should play snooker. Yeah. You ever play snooker? <laughs> You I know mean, what it is? I think it's the I think it's the same as billiards. It's like a, it's a bigger, little bit different. I think it's like a bigger table. It's a bigger table, yeah, but yeah. same kind of concept I and think rules. So, right? I think so. I'm glad you knew that. It's a better name than billiards. Yeah, um, yeah. Continuing the quote. So she played some of those records, which turned into a crash course in girl group productions. She was staying at the Soho Grand around the corner, and I told her that I had nothing to play her right now, but if she let me work on something overnight, she could come back tomorrow. So I came up with this little piano riff, which became the verse chords to Back to Black. I, I, in my notes, I wrote black, Back in Black. Nice. That would have <laughs> been awesome, though. Behind it, I just put a kick drum and a tambourine and a tons of reverb. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the end quote. So let's talk about like reverb a little bit yeah. on, the, on this track. What is going on? Why, why is the reverb important? Because I feel like the reverb... So reverb is space. Yeah. Right? And... Reverb can drastically change how you perceive a sound, a voice, a drum based on, you know, the type of reverb you're using. Short, long, dark, bright, mm-hmm. super diffuse, super filtered. Like there it's reverb units are so customizable. They have so many parameters that you can really customize the the space and the sound. And if I had to like say like one thing that would dramatically change an instrument is what type of space you're putting it in. Yeah, yeah. And it's important for this song because I mean even I said it during the the playback is it sounds so dark, you know, and that's like that reverb is just it feels like it's almost like covering it in a blanket, you know. It's like this dark space that the song it's like an ether that the song exists in, you know. Now when you're like mixing a song or engineering and you're putting on reverb, are you thinking like I want a dark 
I want a dark reverb, so this is like my go-to. Absolutely. You're like thinking like that as opposed to just like throwing shit against the wall and like seeing what happens. Both happen. Yeah. Both happen. Because sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're just looking for something to yeah, happen because yeah. you, you just can't figure it out. So you're just clicking and through presets. And it's easy nowadays. You, just yeah. have, you have it on the computer. It's not like you have to like fire up a machine that like maybe right. you have to clean a tube or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's much easier to just fucking go for it. Click on the next button. Next, yeah, yeah. next, 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 next. And they're even labeled preset wise probably too. Yeah. Dark just room. Dark film noir reverb. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit easier today to, to get the sound quicker. But no, yeah, like one of two things happens. You either hear a song and you know what type of space the songs the sounds need to be in or you're like, ah, I want to try something. I don't know what to do. I'm going to flip through these presets and see if something happens. So what, like... If we're talking, if we were like comparing music to like cooking, because right. I, I know you're a big cook person. Yep. 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 Um, I'm not. I just put sardines on fucking cabbage, and right. that's like all my meals. But <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm about. I'm about takes. Exactly. But if I like, what's the reverb of cooking? Wow, that's an amazing question. <laughs> well, I hear music to cooking met like comparisons a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm I mean? I'm gonna say the reverb is like the sauce. Yeah, yeah. I think that. That's what the food exists in. Mm-hmm. It's what kind of pulls all like I mean, it, like pasta is obviously like the e- the easy thing to yeah, picture, yeah. but it's kind of gluing everything together and like the reverb in the space. And we're talking like reverb. I'm also including like you know short reverbs and stuff like just space in yeah. general. Not the, not always just the big long lush ones, but reverb as a whole is what glues all of this together to make it sound like it exists in something. It exists in space. It exists. And so I would I would say sauce. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, because sauce is the best. Sometimes I'll just eat sauce by itself. I know, me just too. Re- <laughs> I only want to listen to reverb. Like maybe I should put out a record that's just me dropping a quarter on the ground. Yeah, and it's a hundred different tracks with a hundred different reverbs. Right, <laughs> no, that's not a bad idea. So I've got to ask. Like this song was recorded in three studios. Nice. What what's the challenge of recording a song in multiple studios and is there an advantage of of it at all absolutely the biggest advantage is you can tailor what each studio has to whatever it's best suited for the song mm-hmm. if you know you need this drum sound and you can get it at whatever metropolis or chungking you go there and you get that drum sound but you want this vocal sound that you know the hit factory can do Let's go do the vocals at Hit Factory. We'll do the yeah. drums over here. We can, you know, tailor make what we're trying to get for what each studio is best at doing. Not saying that these other studios are best or whatever. It's just a no, sound. And it's especially, a sound. especially if you have the means, exactly. you might as well. Like it's much better to spend way too much money of rec- recording the string section than of course. you know bombing another country or of whatever. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but like you said, the disadvantage yeah, is yeah. now things do sound different. So the moment that you have to do like an overdub mm-hmm. or or thing something that needs to match yeah, it gets it's complicated harder. because now you're trying to match you know um the, even if you use the same microphone like no two microphones especially the older we go back in time the further back not all microphones sound the same not all preamps sound the same different channel strip the singer is on a different day and now you're in a different space it's like the whole trying to match is where you get complicated. So it's like, okay, we're going to get some lines over here, but oh, we need to get some lines over here, but we're at a different studio. You have the challenge of it will sound different. 
So that's 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 something you have to work. Yeah, with. yeah. So I mean, this this was like less common, I imagine, in the earlier days. Yeah, record, definitely in the earlier days. Today, mo- it happens it's a like lot. Probably more common to yes. record in multiple studios. Yes, that, yeah, and, yeah. And a lot of times they don't have the same stuff. Can you like tell when you get like a session? Definitely, you can yeah, tell, yeah. especially when you take all the plugins off and you just hear the recording. You can hear like you can hear the space change, you can hear the timbre change, and you can just hear their voice change. Because, I mean, it also depends, like, did they sing earlier in the morning? Yeah. Did they sing later at night? Did they smoke a ton? Mm. Were they drunk? You know, are they on black tar heroin? <laughs> you know, or did they have a fresh yeah. smoothie? Or you know, like... <laughs> I feel like some people can can do both. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> some people enjoy the finer things, drug and fruit juice-wise. Yeah. Um, so the last question I wanted to ask, because I'm actually pretty curious about this topic. For somebody who who borrows so heavily for music that has already existed, mm-hmm. like Amy Winehouse. Right. Why do you think she continues to be so influential as opposed to the people who inspired her? Is it hmm. a recency bias thing? Because she sounds so much like these older kind of soul records and, you know, some, some jazz stuff, not right. totally, but some of these older soul records. Um, and, you know, I do think her version is a little bit more twisty, which which is like an update for modern times. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Everything seemed so idyllic back then. Obviously, it wasn't. Yeah, in the music, it yeah. does. But and so it's like to do that, but make it a little bit twistier does seem really cool. But it's just like, why do you think like? And part of it literally could be that she's just more recent than you know Roberta Flack or or um, like that era, Evelyn King, mm-hmm. that era of singer. But I wonder why. I was I'm always curious. And part of it too could be like her celebrity story is so entrenched with her music. Yeah, that's a good yeah. that's a good point. Like just being in the headlines yeah. constantly. And, and her like arc as like a public figure is like pretty tragic, which sadly is really good for yeah. the way that we remember you know, all artists like you can go all the way back to fucking Van Gogh. Yeah. Van Gogh. <laughs> I, I said that right, I pronounced that Van right. Gogh. I think you're you're right with all the things you said. I think it does have something to do with being like the most recent, but um, I also think it also has something to do with like, she's the only one really in her lane. Mm -hmm. It's like, she was really kind of the only one doing this thing. There's no like competition of doing this thing. It's kind of like, I think about the gorillas. Mm -hmm. No one really does what they do. No one really does what Amy Winehouse does. Um, I think it does have something to do with just being in the tabloids, getting into crazy relationships, you know, being, you know, you know, messed up out in the streets of New York or mm-hmm. walking around barefoot and obviously like all messed up, which is all like sad and ultimately like led, not led to, but contributed to the downfall, like all that yeah. pressure of like the media and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I think all like, that adds up to why it's so much. Is she so memorable? So, so memorable as well. I think, yeah, I think it's the haircut. And, and, dude, and the haircut, the haircut and the style. The haircut, the yeah. The style. Had, You're right. Because there was another, there was another British singer, uh-huh. I think she was British, who sort of hit around the same time who I thought was better. I was more of a fan. It was this girl named Duffy. And that I'm, name sh- I'm sure really you remember the familiar. song Rock Fairy. We'll, we'll listen to it later. Yeah, that sounds really um, familiar. And I was a big Duffy fan, but she just kind of f- fell out and Amy Winehouse continued. But they don't. it's not like Amy Winehouse has like more records. She really only just has those couple. Yeah, but cause, I mean, ultimately, yeah. we, you know, we know what happened. Obviously, yeah, yeah. she passes. Yeah, so I got to watch that documentary. Dude, it's I've, dark. I've kind of avoided it. For, yeah, for that reason. Um, 
feel like her music's dark enough. I don't need to. <laughs> I know. But what I will say about the documentary is, yeah. man, they did a really good job getting studio footage. Oh, dude, I, I, I like documentaries. I'm just afraid to start them. Does that make sense? There's one I need to tell you about that was, it's on right now on Netflix. It, yeah. and it's, a music one? No, just a regular one, and it's weird. Have you seen the Miles Davis music one on Netflix? I will not watch that. It's really funny because they have a dude read excerpts from Miles' book, and he's just doing the Miles impression. No. You know. No. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty pretty bad. Oh, pretty no. <laughs> Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please spread the word about this podcast in real life. We're on Instagram. We're, we've got a Patreon that actually we're putting shit on it. We've got lots of fun shit on the way. Patreon.com slash listen to this, but I'll also put a link to that in the show notes. Season six coming soon. Works. We're actually, this is part of season six. Well, fuck that. Season well, seven. We won't edit it. <laughs> season seven will come at some point. Um, I hope you guys enjoy whatever you got going on the rest of the day. You know, throw on this Amy Winehouse record, maybe shoot up a little bit. <laughs> you got to add that one out or keep it in. Or keep it. I have no shame. Johnny Pitt.